being from the Highlands, you know, we're supposed to be men. That's what, you know, we're like Highlanders and strong men and all this stuff, and it's just rubbish. You know, we can be strong, but then we can also have uh, a kind of a, a sense of, of, of what we need to do to better ourselves. That's Luke Stoltman, who we're going to hear more from shortly. In Scotland, men are three times more likely to commit suicide than women. And within Scotland, here in the Highlands, we have some of the highest figures for male suicide. According to the statistics available before the pandemic, those figures were on the up. I'm Bruce McGregor. I've lived and worked in the Highlands all my life and through both my professional life as a musician and businessman and through my passion for playing rugby, I've known of far too many cases of people taking their own life. It's a sad fact that just about all of us here in the Highlands knows someone touched by suicide. The aim of this podcast, Speaking of Suicide, is simply to share stories and experiences. It isn't all about suicide. Some of the stories you'll hear are about just many of us struggling with the day-to-day stuff of life. The point of the podcast is to get more of us talking. If we don't talk about it honestly and openly, then there's a danger that those statistics will keep on going up with devastating consequences. There's no getting around it. Some of what you're going to hear will be tough, but we hope you'll also be able to see these stories as a celebration of life and the fact that no matter where you're at just now, it's worth holding on and getting help. With that in mind, throughout the podcast, we've got reminders of how you can get in touch with Mikey's line, and at the end of the story, we've got some useful tips and tricks for when you're struggling. Speaking of Suicide has been funded by the Highland-based family firm D&D Paving Limited because the construction industries suffer from particularly high rates of male suicide and they wanted to do something to help. No matter what industry you work in, tell people about this podcast. Like, comment, subscribe, share it. If we manage to help one person step back from taking their own life, then we've succeeded. And please remember, if you're listening to this and it becomes too much, you can always hit the pause button. I'll pass you over to Speaking of Suicide producer, Penny Lamb. What do we mean when we say someone is strong? Well, with physical strength, that's easy, but what do we mean by mental strength? In this episode, I'm talking to one of the world's physically strongest men, Luke Stoltman, but he's also an ambassador for Mikey's Line and a great advocate for encouraging us to get mentally fit, whatever that means. Luke, we, we do know it's quite obvious what we mean by physical strength. Mm. How do you define mental strength? It's, it's a varied kind of response I've got for that one. So for me, I think it's learning um, how to deal with stuff that causes us, or that's caused us trauma, suffering in the past. Um, so mental strength, you know, it's been able to still wake up in the morning and function, you know, so um, learning your coping mechanisms, improving every day and trying to pass that mental strength on to others as well. Um, there's, for me, there's no point being mentally strong if I can't pass that strength on to other people that are suffering, you know, so I'm very fortunate I can, I've got my coping mechanisms, um, but others aren't so fortunate. So for me, being as strong as I can in my mental state or mental strength um, is so important because then I can hopefully lead by example and try and show other people that we can be mentally strong. 
maybe. You are one of the world's strongest men. You compete mm. um, on, on physical strength. Mm. Um, so you clearly have to keep yourself physically fit mm. and, and healthy. But, I mean, what are, so do you, what are the, some of the things that you do to keep yourself mentally fit? Do you work at it in a similar kind of way? Very much so. I mean, it doesn't just happen overnight, unfortunately. You know, if we could just click our fingers and all our um, traumas, sufferings, mental uh, weaknesses, whatever, uh, just could go away, that would be amazing. You know, if we could bottle up something and give it to someone and say, take that and you're going to just be in cloud nine for the rest of your life. That's not a reality. And, yeah, so for me, it's, it's again, it's training. It's training that mental strength, mental fitness, I like to say. Um, we can all work to improve that. So for, for me personally, my coping mechanisms, from a young age, I, I discovered training. You know, that's why I think I'm maybe successful in that field because that really helps me stay focused, um... It, it, it kind of has a release for me, you know, since I was about 16, I was in the gym. So that's 20 years now I've been training and that's always been a, a huge release. So when I was y younger, maybe a little bit more angry, didn't know who I was, you know, all I knew was this training and lifting weights helped me. And then as I've kind of got or grown up and got into my adult life, um, this last few years, you know, I've really found that a comfort in talking about it and um, that really helps me so we do quite a lot of stuff on YouTube and Facebook and stuff and I'm just broadcasting that okay yeah as you stated I'm one of the strongest guys in the world but I still am very emotional I still struggle like with the suffering that we've all had you know everyone goes through trauma everyone goes through suffering and it's okay just to talk about it and say look I'm having a bad day but let's not stop there. Let's not just say we're having a bad day and kind of call it quits. You know, we need to have that coping mechanisms. So for me now is getting up. I love to see the sunrise. It's just so, for me, it's so rewarding to see that sunrise. Um, I never really believed in the energy of like Mother Nature and Earth and stuff. Um, up until maybe a few years ago, I started seeing this alternative health practitioner. And I thought it was all this airy fairy kind of gobbledygook. Because again, being from the Highlands, you know, we're supposed to be men. That's what, you know, we're like Highlanders and strong men and all this stuff. And it's just rubbish. You know, <laughs> we can be strong, but then we can also have uh, a kind of a, a sense of, of, of what we need to do to better ourselves. So for me, being outside, I love every morning I go for a swim in the sea. So um, we go. Obviously, in the winter time, the sunrise was a little bit later. As the summer comes in closer, you know the sunrise is maybe half four, or five in the morning. So there's a group of us we call we call ourselves sunrise hunters. You know, so it's it's just little things like that that's so like when I say to people I get up half five in the morning, five o'clock. That's when I start my day to go hunt the sunrise. People laugh at me. You know, people have laughed before I've said stuff and now they're joining in and they're also doing that so you know first people laugh and then they'll join in and then they'll get the the rewards and for me putting myself in a stressful environment like the cold water the the endorphins and the rewards I get from that is just if I could put that in a bottle and give it to someone and say take that that honestly I believe that with my whole heart, my whole being as a person, I believe that could change 
everyone. So for me, I'm very, very passionate about it. And people talk about it as a fad, a phase and all this stuff, but we've been doing it now three or four years. You know, initially it was for the recovery aspect of it for strongman training and stuff. But then I got this kind of buzz after. I was like, buzz, like my eyes are just open. It's, it's, it's so, it's, it's just, I, I don't know the science behind it. And I don't really want to know the science because I'm more of a, a reaction. You know, that reaction I get, I'm like, I, yeah, it works for me. Just come and try it. Put your body there and you're surrounding yourself with positive people. And it's just such a an amazing feeling to be surrounded with positivity. And that's the first thing you're doing in your day. And then you're just carrying that positivity throughout the day. And for me, that's something that we need to do as a as individuals is find that kind of thing that makes us tick and makes us think that's where I'm getting my positivity from. And for me, it's the gym, being around positive people, family, my family are so supportive. I'm so, so fortunate. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to have that support from that family. And, you know, they could think I'm crazy for doing strongman. You know, I've given up my job. I'm I've immersed myself into strongman and they could have said, like, what are you doing? You're an idiot. Stop being stupid. You're never going to do anything with it. But they've given me that support. They've seen that vision and I've had that support. And, um, yeah, just very, very lucky to be where I am now. It sounds to me like you're in quite a... I mean, you're in quite a sophisticated place now in terms of of mm. looking after your mental health mm. through things like the the, the swimming the sunrise, even the, 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 the physical training that you do, mm. um, and the ability to talk. Mm. But where did this stem from? Were you always able to talk? Were you always so open mm. about being emotional? Take me back to, to yeah. young Luke. Oh, when I, when I was younger, I was closed off. I couldn't... I didn't know... I know it sounds very cliched and cheesy, but I didn't know who I was. You know, when I was younger, it was like, um, I was turned 18, started working offshore, and then that was going to be my life. You know, I enjoyed the gym, like I said, when I was 16, started training. Um, <clears throat> I was quite kind of trying to fit in, you know, not wanting to stand out or, you know, okay, I need to buy these jeans because everyone else is wearing those jeans, buy these trainers because everyone else and I was just pretending to be this person and and I'm like it, it didn't it didn't do anything for me it didn't excite me it didn't like I wasn't probably truly happy you know we have nice times etc etc but not knowing who you were and pretend not pretending but trying to fit in with the crowd you know for me looking back that was that's not who I want to be and I think it was um, it was one of the most um, worst times, traumatic times of my life when, when we got told that mum had cancer. Um, but also with that trauma, you also get that kind of like light switch, you know, something just went off and like we got told mum had kind of six months to live. So I was like, if I don't speak to mum and kind of let her know I'm going to be okay and just kind of communicate and and she's, I don't know what happens when we die. And if, I, I don't know. If we go to another life, if we go to heaven, whatever, I don't know. But if there is a chance that mum's still there looking and still being, and she didn't have that conversations with me, 
and she would be worrying that I'm not okay, you know. So I wanted to say, look, man, things are. I go through these issues, and like, I'm angry and this and that, and like, it's it's hard, you know, hard for me to talk about things. But it was so nice. Sounds sounds horrible, wasn't nice? But when Mum was like on her kind of final weeks, the amount of time that I had with Mum, I kind of took maybe two months off work and I was able to spend every day with her and have those chats just about anything like just talking about the gym talking about training talking about cushing my wife um, and I think that's what made me learn to actually be open excuse me and, and be and be confident to be able to talk about stuff because if I talk about what I feel if I talk about my 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 feelings I'm not, I can't go wrong, you know, it's not something that, um, like if I'm struggling today, if I'm saying I've got a bit of a bad day, man, I'm feeling oh, just a bit shitty, I'm feeling a bit like sad and depressed and stuff, that's, there's nothing bad that's going to happen for me like expressing that to my mum because even though she's going through hell and back, you know, she's got all her treatment and stuff, she can still see that I'm opening up, I'm kind of learning to kind of analyse my emotions and why I'm feeling like that. So now um, I can, I'm can i able to analyse it and know why I'm feeling like that. But back then it was a struggle. It was still... So maybe I'd be out in the weekend drinking and then on the Monday morning I'd go and say to my mum, I'm feeling really crap today. And then, you know, you're looking back now, well, because I've been drinking Friday, Saturday, Sunday, been eating crap food, not looking after my body, you know, not doing the things that I should be doing. So it was, I owe so much to, it sounds horrible in a way, but for mum not being here, I owe so much to her because of that. Because she really, her death made me really take charge of who I am and what she would expect from me, I think. Um, we have, we're, we're very privileged to have a big profile, um, in the Highlands especially, so if... Say, for example, if I, on my deathbed, and I haven't made a difference to anyone's life having that big profile, I've not only done myself an injustice, I've done my mum an injustice, my family. So that really, that was like the life-changing moment in my life for, you know, there's also a lot of negatives, don't get me wrong from that, but now we're kind of four years on, I'm looking at the positives now, and it's like driving me to... To want to be better, but it was it was a tough time, you know. When I was eighteen, like I said, got thrown off, went, went offshore, started working. All these kind of rough and ready men, you know, kind of. I was just a young lad from Invergordon, and I'm kind of not exposed to that kind of manliness or that industrial feel, you know. I've never, even though my dad's done that all his life, I've never been exposed to that, you know. So we we live in the middle of nowhere, really out of the town so going offshore at such a young age it was very it was like thrown into the deep end and you kind of had to fit in you know can you imagine being in a tea shack uh, a tea break offshore with like 50 guys and you're sticking out like a sore thumb and everyone's like joking and laughing and um, and sticking out like a sore thumb would have mean what? Being open on and honest about feelings? Yeah yeah back then definitely definitely if you're like saying oh really missing home again because it's a young boy you know I, I used to cry when I was offshore on the phone to my mum I'd be like oh I don't know I don't want to be here mum this is horrible and I imagine if I opened up like that in a tea shack 
um, back then. People... What would have happened? I mean, I'm interested because it's that, it's imagine if, yeah, yeah, is yeah. what, that imagine if is, is yeah. I think, what's stopping mm. us from talking more is, is that worry about being Between. judged, I suppose. Yes. But I wonder what, what would happen if someone said, you know mm. what, I'm having a, I'm having a crap week or yeah. a crap day. To be honest, I think it would have been, you would have probably got the piss taken out of, of you, to be honest, back then. Like now, I could go and I'd be crying, I cry in front of whoever, it doesn't put me up or down, you know, I'm very... In fairness, I don't think anyone's going to challenge you <laughs> on anything to be, to be about anything, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> you want to cry, Luke? Yeah. No matter. you cry. <laughs> but I think, I think back then, it's also, I think I was to blame for that because I wasn't sure who I was as well. So I was still trying to work out, like, me as a person, you know, like it's my first proper job in the grown up life. I don't want to kind of rock the, the cart too much, rock the boat too much, and just all these worries and kind of, oh, you have to try and be this way. And just, and I, I guess there's so many people like that now, still, you know, that hate going into work, that have that kind of anxiety about going into work every day. and. I don't know, It's what would have happened? Probably nothing, probably would have got help, probably someone would say, look, you're just a young lad, kind of stick with it. And, like, the guys weren't monsters, that's the thing, they were all really nice guys. But it's just, it's a strange one. It's some kind of fear mm. of, of being judged, but when you sort of actually think about it and you think, well, seriously, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. Is that someone laughs at you or... Or, or nothing happens. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's like creating monsters in your head, isn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. I mean... Oh, definitely. It's like when you're younger, looking under the bed, there's going to be a monster, and you know there's not going to be a monster, but you've, in your head, that's the thing, you know, your head's such a... It can be such a good place to be, or it can be such a bad place, you know, when you're creating these monsters or these demons that aren't actually there. And, yeah, that's what I was kind of really bad for, I think, when I was growing up, was just thinking, like, if I was to say anything, you know. Like, now I'll talk to anyone, I'll be open, chat, blether, whatever, and I don't, it's not I don't care, it's just that I'm, I know who I am as a person now, if that makes sense. It's not, um, I don't need to fit in, I don't need to be whoever, I'm just me. And if you don't like me as a person, then that's fine, you know, that's, that's absolutely fine, but obviously you're not going to be part of my life, so... I'm lucky enough that I've got a close group of friends, family's amazing, wife's amazing, and that's it, that's all I need in life. But back then, when you're creating these demons and, oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm going to start crying in public, imagine that. Um, but no one cares, no one really cares, and, and that's the thing. Actually, people think, Jesus, you're opening up. Like, that. I think now, in today's society, there's a lot more... Um, people saying well done, you know, for opening up, well done. This is this is a starting point of you getting better, of you needing help. Again, let's go back to those coping mechanisms. What can we do to help you cope with the way you're feeling? Um, but it's got to be, it's got to be the individual that comes out. You know, we can ask people, are you okay? And I ask people, how's it going, mate? You all right? Yeah, yeah, sweet, cool, cool, cool. And that's the immediate reaction is that you're always okay you know it's a sort of default isn't it yeah of course so it's got to be up to that individual i think to to 
actually open up and say, look, I'm not okay, I need a, I need a help, whatever. We'll continue with Luke in just a moment, but don't forget, it's okay not to be okay. And if you need someone to talk to, you can text Mikey's line on 07786 207755 or contact them via Messenger, web chat or Twitter. Sunday to Thursday, 6pm till 10pm and Friday to Saturday, 7pm to 7am. So your your mum was diagnosed with terminal cancer mm. and that helped you kind of unlock something mm. and start talking mm. and you were talking to her. I'm interested that that then that process kept going. Mm. Even when she, she died, by the sounds of it, you were still able to talk and talk to people beyond your mum. Can mm. you remember that feeling like something unlocking? It, it, were you aware of it at the time, Luke? I don't think I was aware so much when I was talking to mum. Um, so after mum passed away, um, Kush and I had a, a bit of a, a bumpy time so I went to therapy and I started speaking to a therapist. And it's amazing what speaking to a therapist can do because they're so smart. You know, they're very, I'm such a Neanderthal at times and I'm, oh, I'm just sad because I don't, I'm blah, blah, blah. But it's, <laughs> but when they put it in like layman's terms and explained it to me, like, so for example, Kushi and I, when we used to go see Kushi's parents after mum passed, I used to always kick off, not kick off, but have an argument with her, you know, fight and stuff. Um, and think she didn't understand and all this and, and the, the therapist that was seen said to me she said, look, did you ever think that you've got that resentment towards Cushy and her family because they've still got that family and I was like, oh, geez, yeah, that makes sense Yeah, I'm, I'm not just an idiot, there is a reason and, and being able to talk to someone that I spoke about it before sometimes if you speak to, to family or to friends like, so we lost our mum so if I speak, spoke to my family they're also going through that grieving process. So I feel a little bit kind of self-absorbed and self-indulgent just speaking about me when my other four siblings are going through the same thing. My dad's just lost the, the woman that he loves and he's been with for so many years. So that's that's something that was kind of tough for me. So speaking to the therapist, I think that's what really helped actually was she gave me the tools because like I say, I'm not, I'm not stupid, but I'm not that way inclined. You know what I'm, maybe I wasn't capable of opening up properly, but then she kind of put it in layman's terms, you know, that, yeah, they're they're going through that grieving process, but by you opening up to them, then we'll help them open up to you. And it's like a back and forth then, you know, we can have memories. Sharing. Sharing, exactly, yeah. So two heads are better than one and all this stuff. So, and so that kind of got me out of that kind of thinking as well you know what, it, it is good to talk because, yeah, there is other people worse off than me, but there is also people in the same boat and going through that exact same situation and that same trauma. So if I can talk about it, then maybe someone else can learn from it. It sort of gives permission, doesn't it? it gives yeah. gives permission to other people to, to Definitely. come back at you. Mm. Was it quite a difficult decision to go and see a therapist? Because that can be, I don't know, sometimes a bit a bit yeah. stigmatised the idea of I went to see a therapist I yeah. think less so now but yeah. it's still it's a step it's a, yeah, a thing it's 
It was one of the, the most scariest things. I remember walking up the stairs. <laughs> there was a lot of stairs. I was out of breath, but I got to the top. It was um, a few <laughs> flights of stairs. And I just didn't know what to expect. You know, we had... It was on WhatsApp, I messaged the, the lady, and um, she seemed very friendly, but obviously you can't get a indication on WhatsApp, you know, messages and stuff. So, But straight away, it was just so comforting and so... Um, I don't know, just just felt relaxed. You know, it wasn't, there was no judgment, there was no, oh, talking about yourself again, Jesus, I've heard it all before. There was nothing like that, and that's what just, it was so nice. And I know, like, so for me, talking, even like doing podcasts, talking on Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, that's also a form of therapy for me, you know? So I'm talking, I'm expressing, expressing my opinion, my emotions at that present time, and it does help, and that's what, that's what the therapist really kind of helped me see, I think, that it is okay to to feel these things and the way our brain works, the way our, our mind works is just crazy. You know, there's no one, there's no one way to make one someone better. You know, it's everyone's so unique and, and that's what makes us all beautiful, I think, as well, that we're so unique, you know, so we're, I can go swimming and get a, this reaction and this, euphoria feeling and someone else will go and just be absolutely disgusted because it's so cold so that's for me that's why I think it's so nice to be unique and not wanting to fit in is 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 a good thing I think I think the therapy thing is quite interesting I went I went to see a therapist mm. I got um pretty low at one point mm. and uh so was was lined up to go and see a therapist mm. and I remember thinking I've got nothing to say to her <laughs> I've got absolutely nothing mm. to say it was all so internal and mm. so inside me, mm. and I thought, I, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm here for. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to speak about, you know. And an hour later, you've talked <laughs> non-stop, yeah, yeah. and you think, oh, may, maybe there is uh, something I need to talk about here. And there can be that thing when you get quite low mm. that you actually think it sort of steals your words away from you almost. It's like you, it feels like mm-hmm. you, you mm. can't speak about it well I found that yeah, sometimes that I can't I ended up you know I, I, I use writing to get it out oh, these yeah. days you know yeah. I have to write it down and then I kind of go oh right I've got it physically oh, out that, that's my way of doing it right. but I think you're right everyone's different yeah I mean if I wrote it down there'd probably be too many spelling mistakes for me so at least if I can speak it's not so bad but yeah it's, it's, so, it's so varied so yeah I mean like you say you, you're with the writing and they're talking, other people will maybe paint or they won't want to say anything, they'll just go for a walk and talk to themselves and um but anything that helps is okay, you know. You spend um a lot of time I know working with um other guys mm. now trying to, to to get them to, to better mm. mental fitness. How has that kind of come about? Um I, I just I don't actually know. <laughs> it's a funny one because I think since mum, mum's passed and me being open and talking about it, and um, I think the more obviously someone's profile grows and the more people will pay attention. And you know, so say if I had twenty followers, it wouldn't make that much of an impact. But because we're on a bigger scale now, um, and I have been talking about it for like I say since mum passed about four years now, and. Um, I think people just picked up on it that like, I don't, I'm not doing it for like 
for people to ask if I'm okay or self-gratification or anything like that. I'm just doing it because I hope, I just hope that it can help someone. That's all I want. You now, you've got the gym now, mm. so you've, you're not with an oil, um, oil and gas anymore. Yeah. So you're in a very different culture, mm. but I suspect still quite a male environment, maybe, if mm. they're, they're, they're doing the, um, the strength stuff. Mm. How are you cultivating a different kind of environment there? Yeah, it's... I mean, is it a place people can come and talk? What's it like? It's... Oh, I'm, I'm so... This is one of the... I'm, I'm so proud of what we've kind of created. It's not, it's not myself or Tom or Stacey, the other owner. It's the, the, the members. So because I talk about stuff and, you know, I'm crying in the camera and, oh, and this and that, it, it kind of pushes other people to talk about it. So I was talking to um, one of our good friends, a girl the other day, and she just said to me, she says, look, you must be so proud because we don't have, it's not a big gym, it's maybe like, it was maybe 80, 90 members, but she said that, um, you must be so proud because I think we all now can talk about stuff, you know, so if she's having, she's just going through a divorce, so she's very open and talking about that. There's other people that are struggling, you know, there's lockdown, this last lockdown, this current lockdown that we're having, people are really struggling and, We've got like Facebook and people are talking and you know we've got WhatsApp and stuff we can chat through, so it's it's giving that place of safety that you don't feel judged. So like there's guys that like say it is very male, it can be male dominant, but also there's we can now open up and now opened up to outdoor classes which is amazing. So there's girls, so many girls I get intimidated sometimes when I go in. It's scary these beasts of women just smashing the weights which is awesome to see, but. So I'm, I'm proud in the sense that they push themselves to the utmost in their fitness and strength journey. But in the same point, they're so open and talking and, and like, they want to help other people. And it's not just members of the gym, but it's, it goes further than that. So, you know, we start small and we're spreading all the time. And I've talked about it, it's this movement I'm, I feel that we're starting to create now, which is just, I get goosebumps even just thinking about it. It's, it's so cool. Um, and that's something that I'm very proud of. Almost sounds to me like you've created a, a gym for mental fitness as well as physical fitness. Does it feel like that? It, it, it does, actually, <laughs> yeah, which is... It's just so nice, because I, I come in sometimes and, like, the girls are all talking and, like, women like to talk anyway, so, so do I, but they're chatting, like, oh, I had a bad day yesterday, I felt really down, um, so I went outside for a walk, went for a swim, and... And just doing that simple thing is allowing that other person to feel safe and being able to talk about it. And I think it's just... And that's what I feel responsible for now, is kind of, OK, I'm an ambassador for Mikey's line, but I want to be like an ambassador for, for everything, you know, for being kind to people, you know, making sure people are OK, mental health, mental fitness, strength, general fitness, eating well, you know, all these things that are that are directly linked to your mental fitness, mental health, I'm responsible for that, you know? So if the gym members that train in our gym can then take on that role as well, then they're then responsible for passing that message on and, and, and just kind of sharing that kind of journey or that movement that we're all on. And I think it's just, I never thought, like, 
it's insane because I, I get really embarrassed when people say things to me like oh you must be proud of this and I don't think like that I just think it's I've just given I've been lucky enough to financially afford to open a gym because I love training I've loved training since I was a young boy and you guys are coming in and it's because of them I get inspiration from them and that drives me to, to want to do more so I really don't think it's because of me. I think it's just people taking responsibility for themselves and wanting that. They're wanting to improve as people. And I think that's what we need to do is improving people. If someone's listening to this, mm. who's struggling, who, who can't necessarily find the words to open up mm. in the way we've been talking about, what would you say to them, Luke? I think if, if you've been if you've been struggling for a while, I would I would just sit back, take a step back and, and look at what you've been doing. So look at your lifestyle, look at your, your diet, your the way you are as a person and if that has been going on for a long time and you've seen no improvement, you, you need to make a change. You need to you need to do something different. So I just did a little chat earlier on, it's Something simple, it's like, wake up an hour early. I don't sound so stupid, but it's like, wake up an hour early, have a shower, fresh coffee, sit outside having that coffee. We aren't here by by luck or by, we're here for a reason. You know, that's what I, I feel. So sitting outside, listening to the birds, listening to whatever it is going on, just taking that moment and just thinking, right, what can I do different today that'll make myself better? You know, improve my myself by. I just go for a walk. I just go for a ten-minute walk. It's nothing. It's nothing out of your day, but you're doing something, knowing that you're trying to improve yourself. And I think that's so important. And we don't we don't get taught that in school. You know, improving yourself. You know, it's all about academics. This finding a career. This this this. And it's so much stress and pressure to find that career, but. The most important thing for me is knowing who you are, being happy in yourself and doing things that improve you every day. So if you can inspire yourself to change, then you can pass that inspiration on to other people. And um, it's just doing that little things, man. It's, it's so, I know it sounds daft, waking up an hour early, having a shower, doing the dishes that are in the sink, being that bit more proactive or productive, taking pride in what you do, and just knowing that it's, it's, it's okay to feel a bit crappy. You know, it's, but it's okay, but then it's not okay not to do anything about it for me. You know, we need to take responsibility. We can't rely on other people because other people also have those days. So if we can come together, oh, what did you do today? Oh, I went out for a walk, it was amazing. I felt so much better. Saw the sunrise, oh, it was amazing. So heard the birds singing, made, made a nice breakfast, you know, healthy breakfast, or, excuse me, it's, it's doing those little things that will then transgress into the bigger things. And I think that's so important. I think that's, the little things are, are simple and so effective, I think. You don't have to do some big, like, you don't have to go and run around the UK, you know, to have make a difference. You can just get up, 
walk around your garden, go walk walk to the shops, whatever. It's just the little things are also for me are the most effective things, and that's what I would ask people if anyone's watching or listening. Sorry, just to just to make a make a wee change in, in what you've been doing. Just try it and see. I would say go jump jump in the sea and swim in the sea. That's for me. That's a game changer. But maybe it's not for everyone. But um, <laughs> just do something different. That's all. Luke, thanks so much for talking to me. Pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Penny was talking to Luke Stoltman. A reminder of Mikey's line, if you or someone you know needs help or advice, you can text 07786 207755 or contact them via Messenger, web chat or Twitter. It's available Sunday to Thursday, 6pm till 10pm, and Friday and Saturday, 7pm to 7am. Here's Shona McPherson from Mikey's Line with a few thoughts for you to mull over. Luke's story illustrates that our mental well-being isn't a given but rather our mental well-being is something that we all have to work for, that we all have to train for. Just as Luke trains for his physical strength, his mental health has been won by hard gains. And it's absolutely brilliant to hear a man in the Highlands speaking so openly about his emotions, about his feelings, and that he was able to access counselling support when he was struggling with grief and when he was struggling in his relationship. A really important point that Luke makes is that we need to cover the basics of good nutrition, of exercise, of getting outdoors and of getting enough sleep. These are often underestimated building blocks of our mental well-being. And finally, Luke reminds us that it's so easy to say I'm okay when we aren't okay. It's our responsibility to ask for help when we aren't okay. He is one of the strongest men in the world and yet he tells us how terrified he was walking up those stairs to see a therapist. And being vulnerable is such a scary thing but if we are not okay, being vulnerable could save our life. If you aren't okay, if you are struggling in any way, please text us at Mikey's line. You can text us on 07786207755 and we'll be there to listen. Speaking of Suicide is an adventurous audio production made possible thanks to the support of D&D Paving Limited in partnership with Mikey's line. Mm-hmm.